Transition partners take mental health very seriously. We are now supporting Claro Mental Health Charity, who are local and based in Harrogate. We are working closely with Richard Kenny, who is the IT director at Tech Buyer. Claro operates as a commercial workshop making goods for businesses, which enable those with long-term mental health conditions to function in a voluntary real work environment. We would love it if you can join us in supporting this amazing cause and charity and donate what you can. Any any amount will be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much and thanks to all our listeners. Hi, this is the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greening. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. Everyone and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. And um, so it's the hottest day of the year so far in the UK. So it's extremely warm uh, working from home, but we are super excited because we've got a fantastic guest on the show. So we've got Mridula Pore, the co-founder and CEO at Pepe. Mridula has spent her career driving innovations in healthcare that make it more accessible and affordable. More recently, she's led commercial teams in the pharmaceuticals and digital health industries. Prior to that, she was an engagement manager at McKinsey & Co. Pepe is a VC-funded startup that's shaking up employee benefits in the UK. They provide employees with advice, support and treatment during critical life transitions that aren't covered by standard healthcare and employee benefits, such as menopause services and postnatal services for new parents. It's a fantastic concept. Um, I first spoke with Marudula a few weeks ago now, and I loved everything that she was about. So I cannot wait for everyone to hear her story today. Hi. Uh, hi, and thank you for having me, Ellie. Oh, we're so excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, it's amazing. So I'm Sandra, not Johnny Stewart, as it's <laughs> screen. Really great to have you on the show. And it was good to have thank a you, chat just before as well. And I'm sure there's going to be some great, interesting learnings for all our listeners and, and viewers to hear, hear, um, hear all about. So it'd be great to start with on that note. Finding out more about your journey and um, how it all started for you um, and then how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, so I don't know really where to begin, but I grew up in India and the UK um, from a medical family background, but decided I did not want to do medicine mm-hmm. at all. So I went to do engineering um, first at Cambridge and then I was in the US and MIT so I did my PhD there and but sort of gravitated back into healthcare doing pharmaceutical manufacturing um, and had a brilliant time there working with the regulator several pharma companies um, doing my PhD and my MBA there and then I came back to the UK um, was with McKinsey for a number of years as as Ellie mentioned um, and really loved healthcare so much that I stayed within the healthcare practice the whole time spending about half my time doing work with 
hospitals, regulators, um, you know, sort of health strategy. And then second half my time with pharma, uh, pharma industry doing a whole range of things, um, US, Germany, Switzerland, um, and everywhere. And but the main thing I took away from my time at McKinsey was really just the financial challenges in making sure that people get the healthcare they need. Um, it is incredibly difficult with our current setup, with the aging population, um, delivering hospital through, you know, delivering healthcare, sorry, through hospitals primarily. Um, the costs, you can't make them stack up. There's no way to make that, that equation balance. Um, so, you know, I kind of came out of McKinsey really feeling really passionately about um, making healthcare more accessible and affordable and just knowing, and I didn't really know what it would look like, but that there's a huge growth opportunity in in doing that um so i first went to uh novartis group um so i was i joined sandals which is the generic pharma uh, arm of novartis so this is drugs that have gone off patent you know the market opens up it's a competitive market prices typically come right down and it's it's fantastic we were launching new products into the market that brought down the cost to the nhs by 99 sometimes 95 97 percent you know wow. huge cost savings mm. um and, but a very, also very commercial team, very fun, very fun industry to be in. Um, and also launching new generic versions of things like inhalers or patches and, and things like that. Um, but I knew that the real savings for healthcare come in delivering services. So that's, that's often what costs the most for healthcare. It's the time that of the doctor or the nurse or, you know, whichever the health professional it is. And digital has just got to be a part of making that more efficient and getting it to people in the right way and at the right time. Um, of course, having been at MIT, I was in this very entrepreneurial environment, uh, very open to technology innovations, and I could start to see the same things happening in London around that time. This was in about 2014, 2014. You know, both the funding was coming in, there were enough people around there for that to be quite an interesting ecosystem. And it, for me, it felt like the right time um, to be jumping into that uh, into that environment. So I joined another tech startup um, and that's where I met Max and Evan, who are my co-founders now. And we started Pepe together in middle of 2018. Fantastic. Amazing. So prior to that, you joined another startup. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's go back to, to that then and just talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about your experiences and, and learnings from that startup and then how, and obviously understand that you met your co-founders within yep startup but kind of I guess what conversations you had and the journey you know just a bit of detail for those that are in I guess similar situations where they're you know maybe on the cusp of of entering into a startup or in their own up it'd be be great to um, tell everyone a bit more. I think the, the number one thing for us was you know the idea for the startup will evolve and it did massively you know and very quickly evolve um Therefore, who you partner with and, you know, who your clients are and customers are will will evolve. What doesn't change and is really important is that initial core team. So for the three of us, um, one of the biggest things was, A, you know, making sure we were all on the same page. And this is why it helped that we worked together briefly um, before, because we had lots of conversations around what was important to us in terms of our values, um, what is important to us in terms of the kind of organization that we want to build, um, how we think about hiring people, how we think about treating the people that we hire. Um, And being on the same page with that was um, 
and knowing that we liked each other, you know, we're going we're to spend a lot of time, a lot of time under some pretty stressful situations where emotions are running high. You've got to like each other fundamentally and you've got to be able to have those tough conversations. Mm. And we had quite a lot of tough conversations very early on, which actually with hindsight was probably the best thing that could happen to us as a team because it really forced us to um, understand where people's red lines were. Um, And actually one of the things that we did very early on was to agree the language that we use um, to disagree respectfully, recognize when something is really important for somebody and when they're just sort of, they're pushing back, but actually there's room for, you know, we're still in discussion phase versus actually, no, I'm not, you know, this is where my red line is, Mm -hmm. which was probably one of the best things, um, best things that we did. So I'd say for anybody who's thinking about, uh, you know, a startup, um, there there are really two aspects to that initial team. One is making sure you know and like and fundamentally trust the other people then of course there's a secondary consideration which is actually what is the mix of skills that you need for what you're setting out to do um my only caveat on that is it might change so you know um you might think you're going out to build a certain type of business but then actually what you really need you decide that what's really core is you know marketing skills which is for example something that none of the three of us have in our background but you can hire those in mm-hmm. um but yeah, you know, if you can't get the first bit right of knowing that you can work together and work successfully together, you know, it, it's going to be a tough road. Yeah, that's the key to it, isn't it? Is is the right people right at the foundations and the start of, of that journey? Um, and and um, I'd say also it has to be the right time in people's lives because you can be the right people, but brought together at the wrong times in people's lives you know whether that's professionally or personally as well it's not always you can have the right person but it's not the right time for them to be setting off to build their own business mm. fantastic um so and how long was how long ago was it that you set the business up again two years ago two years ago okay brilliant so two years ago there was three of you mm-hmm. where are you at now let's talk a little bit more about that well, we're about a dozen people now. We've had two rounds of investment. Um, and so we have you know, space to build um, the business. We started off um, and uh, working with some great first clients in mm-hmm. uh, April 2019. Um, and now we recently announced that we've launched our menopause service into Santander, UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll shortly be announcing a major pharma company um, launch as well. Um, so we have, uh, and, and you know, our, our existing initial clients who put their faith in us and took a real leap of faith are still, you know, our most, some of our most treasured clients um, because they were with us right from the beginning. So we, you know, we're working with employers and going from strength to strength, um, particularly right now when employers are looking at well-being with a very different lens on it. Um, but we've also started working with some other parties and that's been partly done by as our product has evolved, but also by the circumstances. So with the COVID lockdown, we um, applied for and were one of the awardees for Tech Force 19, which is a UK government initiative to, for supporting vulnerable and isolated people during lockdown. So we're working with the NHS on how do you support vulnerable new parents, new and expectant parents during the lockdown period. Fantastic, amazing. It must be great um, just to feel like you're, you know, you're, you're doing something that you know 
you're making a difference um, and you and you know I know it's a long journey and um, I'm sure there's been a lot of challenges along the way and there'll be more to come um, but it must be a great feeling to know that you're adding value and giving back um, to people which is amazing it sounds like you've got some fantastic clients um, already on board and, and obviously more on the horizon um, it'd be great Obviously, this is a leadership um, podcast. So it would be really good to, um, obviously, over the years you've worked for, you know, you've worked in consultancy, um, you've had leadership roles, um, you know, you're obviously you're currently leading a business and, um, you know, leading a business through um, a period of growth. Um, so it'd be great to tell our um, listeners more about your leadership style. Mm. Um, you know, what do you think, I guess what what do you think makes a good leader, and what would you, what do you think that your teams would say about you, and and what have you learned along the way that others could learn from? Mm. So my I'd say my style is quite consultative style. Like I like to bring people on board with me with me and um, make sure they're engaged in in the solution. And right now we're a small team, so we have the luxury of that still being quite a quick process. Uh, you know, to quickly gauge uh, people's opinions, idea, get ideas on board, and we, you know, we move forwards very quickly, even though we're working now remotely. Um, but I think there is, uh, I think, regardless of the nature and the stage of the business, a few things that are important is real clarity on priorities mm-hmm. and um, consistency. I think that's uh, consistency in the overall strategic direction of the organization. Mm. I think um, it's great to have people who bring lots of ideas and we are obviously a high growth startup. We, you know, we need ideas all the time. However, um, they can be massively energy draining and energy is the one resource, which is the most valuable resource we have. We have a few people, lots of things, you know, lots of work to be done. Um, Where do we, direct the, that energy is the most important decision that we can make uh, both as individuals and as a team. Um, so I think that's still true, even when you're in the kind of still slightly messy, well, quite messy phase we're still in, you know, when ideas are coming up, the market's changing, you know, people are, you're getting feedback always on your product. Do we take it in this direction? Do we take it in that direction? Do we cut this functionality? Do we build in this one? Um, but still within that, trying to say, hold on to some of those core principles of what you're going to do and what is important and what is actually going to drive this business forward, um, I think is, is really crucial. Amazing. I think it's great to give some tips there about how you go about things, but I think particularly it will be interesting as your careers, you've obviously mentioned about your consultancy experience, um, how you've progressed and developed and even in your um, current role at Pepe and all the growth that you've had, I think we all learn a lot from project failures and things that haven't quite gone to plan. So we would love to hear like one story, war story, I guess, that, that really something that went terribly wrong, but actually it had the most positive impact on the way that you've progressed and, 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 and changed your career and focused yourself and, and your leadership um, style, I guess. Where, where did you, what went wrong and what did you learn? So I think um, I would say what it was, but I'll describe the situation. <laughs> okay. We had, it, we had an <laughs> idea and, and, you know, we were, we were very excited about this idea and it was going to 
really trigger a lot of response. So we, um, we had one idea. Um, actually, I will tell you what it was. There was one, one example is when we launched our menopause service and we had phone consultations. And we knew that there is a huge amount of need mm-hmm. for menopause support for women. And we thought, OK, well, you know, of course, people are going to sign up in droves. Mm, yeah the phone consultations you know all we have to do is let them know it's available Mm. um and like i said you know so we started uh, investing some money into marketing and so on and it was silence yeah absolute silence we were on podcasts we did you know live web chats we did we did a whole bunch of of things and nothing and we'd been so you know you've got such a great product as well and you know people (laughs) need it exactly and we'd done the beta testing and the feedback had come back tremendously positive so we knew the product was good and it was something about consumer behavior and how Mm -hmm. people think about it and it wasn't it so it wasn't just enough to get people to know about it then then you know we we found out we was doing spending a lot of time doing customer um care and just answering queries about Mm -hmm. the service before people were willing to commit and 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 pay and we just decided um Ultimately, it was hard because it's like there's, there's something in here. You know, we know there's something in here. But we decided that, A, um, while the service is great and there is a need, that particular aspect of trying to solve the need was, uh, was something that was going to be beyond our resource levels and our capabilities as a team at that time. You know, like, mm-hmm. as I said, none of us are, are marketeers. And, um, you know, we, we're not consumer behavior experts and we didn't have the sort of funding that meant we could could hire somebody in who could help us crack that problem so that's not to say that there they can still be a need you can still have a product that works but connecting those two or what it takes to connect those two um can still be tricky yeah it's certainly and actually i think on that note we had a vp of product um from israel remember when martin sabag was saying his first startup and he said something similar, didn't he? That he had this great product and he just assumed that everyone would just want it and buy it straight away and he'd make loads of money and it just didn't happen. And I think we were talking about that. It was really interesting. But yeah, agreed. So did you end up having to hire in the talent in the end or how did you no, get... we took a different um, we took a different approach. We decided actually what we we we've realized what we were good at was the employer and the B2B sales. So we, you know, we said let's let's stick with that and not again it's about how do you focus your time and energy and resources we could spend our time learning about you know consumer marketing and get it out there and we may have you know maybe that would have been the right thing to do and we decided actually no we've got something that works we know how to do it we could do it with the resources that we've got let's focus on that and I think it's fantastic from an employee benefits perspective obviously like we constantly our background is recruitment so myself and Sandra are constantly looking at um, contracts and benefits and um that that clients are offering and and it's not something i've seen in yeah. anyone's benefits package but it is something that has been brought up multiple times when we've done women in tech events that so many females have spoke around um going through menopause and not having the support from their employer and then just not getting it i mean particularly i think in our industry as well because we work in tech um there's not as many women in tech. There's not as many women in senior roles. And they, I think I think it's definitely something that people find as a challenge to be able to offer a product that helps support like that is fantastic. Um, and it's something that I was really impressed. I know I was really impressed when we first spoke and hearing more about it today. What you're doing at Peppy is super cool. Well, I have to say, I was, I was actually embarrassed when we started looking at menopause because I'm in my late 30s and yeah. I just realised 
I knew absolutely nothing. Mm. Absolutely nothing. It's not really spoken about, is it? Spoken about at all. So I, you know, I sort of realised, okay, I'm in my late 30s. I've had two children. So I've been, you know, I'm sort of conscious of reproductive health. Um, I yeah. have, I've worked in healthcare, so I kind of know what to Google. You know, I'm not a clinician, but, you know, I've, I've sort of, I have vocabulary uh, mm. to know what to ask for. And you absolutely nothing about it and it could be you know the normal age range is not that far away for me yeah on the earlier side of that so it's um you know it was really shocking to me that I didn't even know to think about it mm. that sort yeah, of yeah 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 as a woman as a woman who works in healthcare you know like and who's been talking about babies for you know the last year um I didn't know anything about sort of the next stage or the next big change, the physiological change that would be around the corner for me as, as an individual, let alone for, you know, thinking about people. So I think it's not, it's, um, I don't think there's anywhere to blame basically, because I think it's, it's not something that women themselves know think about. about until it hits you. Until it hits you. Exactly. Exactly. And this is why actually, you know, so a lot of the awareness and, you know, education and information is so important because it's not just about, you know, my line manager doesn't have a clue or my department head doesn't have a clue. The person themselves often doesn't have a clue. Yeah, I agree. So it's about equipping people with that information to then go, ah, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I know about it. And then we can, but I, so I think, you know, take that there's several steps involved before we can get to the stage where it is part of an organization's DNA and it is part of your sort of leadership, general leadership DNA to think about what might be going on in people's lives in different stages of their career. And I think in, um, I think like lockdowns played a key role in us as leaders and everyone's been a lot more conscious, haven't they? And they've, and I think, I think it's been a, it's, I hope that most people from, from our podcast, I think that people have taken a lot of positives out from it and spending time with their team and you've got more time to be able to understand everyone wants to support each other. Um, so hopefully these are all things that we can continue to do um, in the future. But yeah, it's fantastic because I know there's so many women in tech events that the, the, the topics have been brought up and, it, and it's kind of been something that hasn't been hugely discussed, which I'd love to get you involved in in the future as well because it's, it is so important and it's going to hit 50% of us at one time or another, right? Mm. <laughs> so um yeah I'd love to know then you've done extremely well you've progressed at a very young age you've got two children and you're a co-founder of an an a successful business which is set for big things I'm sure at Peppy I'd love to know what you think has helped make you successful any is it personal characteristics was it something that was like bred into you from family what what is it that you think's helped made you successful and if you've got any tips any top tips for our listeners would be fantastic um i think the only character personal characters i'd say i'd, I'd probably say is persistence mm-hmm. uh, you know there's nothing particularly you know magical uh, uh, else uh, you know about about me except i i tend to be quite focused and and persistent but I think the real answer to be honest for my success is just the support I have from everyone else I have I've had tremendous support from um, my family um, my husband my parents and in particular at quite a young age who always pushed me to see more than what was immediately in front of me Um, and today to be able to 
you know, manage two young children and a demanding role that it can often, you know, can be all hours really, um, takes a lot of other people um, other to make that happen. And so, yeah, really the support of other people um, is, is vital. And I think, uh, don't underestimate that in, in your journey uh, as you go along. And I, if anything, I've found I've needed it more as I've got older um, than I did when I was younger. Very humble of you to say, I think, <laughs> but lovely. Well, I, I couldn't do it. I mean, I literally would not have the hours in the day to do what I do today if I didn't have, you know, uh, the support of my, my spouse, my extended family uh, and so on. Fantastic. So, you, know, you can be brilliant, but you just can't do it. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I'd be really interested to find out. So I think, um, you know, from our point of view, we're in, you know, we're, we're um, in recruitment and um, we work, I, I've been in recruitment for 20 years and I've worked with a number of um, different clients in different industries um, companies that are, you know, just starting out on that growth and, you know, a similar situation to yourself and quite often. And, and for us as well, I mean, we've been through it where, where there was just, you know, there was only like two, three of us right at the start. Um, God, we had some tough times, didn't we? <laughs> first few years, it was so hard to, we oh. were able to get past like six to eight, didn't we? We really struggled and then get, and then we got to like, what between 10 and 12 and then it was really hard getting up to that next level mm. and obviously in two years you've grown from the three of you to now 12 be really interesting um not only for us I'm sure there's lots of other people in similar situations for our listeners viewers to hear more about how you've got to that you know how you grew um how you attracted talent um, because obviously when you're starting out you don't really have a brand do you and and it's really tough to attract you want the best, but how do you attract the best? Um... So I think um, we are very fortunate here in what we do because we are such a mission and values driven organization mm -hmm. that um, although we are not a well recognized brand yet, uh, we're working on mm -hmm. that. Um, but there, when people hear about what we do, it and we see it with clients as well. You know, when you describe what you do and it's just clicked with that person you can see it on their face yeah. and we hear people's personal stories all the time it's one of the huge privileges of you know doing peppy people open up you in a way that they wouldn't you know if you're saying you know accounting software or whatever, <laughs> or whatever. <Yeah. laughs> um, and you hear really really personal things and whenever what we do you we attract people for whom the peppy proposition resonates um, and so because of that, we have had people coming up to us completely cold, emailing, oh, cool. um, asking for introductions through, you know, two or three degrees of connection, um, saying, I'm not quite sure if you're, you know, maybe when we're not even advertising a role, mm -hmm. um, saying, look, this is what my skill set is. I'd love to get involved in some way. Um, what can, you know, can I do something that's of, of, of helpful for you? Um, and I think one of the things that... I think it's the part of the general trend. People want to be talked to as human beings and be treated as human beings and, um, you know, have acknowledgement of their, of their life and what, what, you know, what's been going on. And for some people that really, really resonates strongly. And so we get, um, 
you know, a lot of people who um, will approach us and that's really how we did our first early hires. And of course, now we're in a position to actually advertise, go through more recruiting processes and so on. But ultimately we only, we are looking for people who, who are really fired up uh, by what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I think the thing with um, med tech is the same as ed tech as well, isn't it? This, I think after everything that's happened with lockdown, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, some of our we do quite a lot in the med tech space actually, um, largely for consultancies that work mm. with the NHS or um, software as a service, etc. But um, I think it's one of those things that before we usually have the challenges of sometimes you get a bit of a, I guess, shoestring budget and things like that. And it can be a little bit more challenging. But after the past six months and what everyone's gone through together it's made people really, really fired up to want to be able to make a positive impact. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's brilliant. And hopefully I'm sure you'll find the right team to help scale up and progress and develop, which is amazing. Um, I'd love to hear them. Like you've, you've mentioned then about how you've got your support network, which is really helps you. You're an extremely busy lady. Um, I'd love to know what, what, how you look after yourself and how do you manage the stress of it all? A lot of leaders do struggle. So I'd love to know what keeps you sane and healthy. Yeah. So I have two young children, so I have Mm -hmm. enforced breaks. I have an enforced routine (laughs) because otherwise that ends up in complete chaos, the whole household. Um, So to some degree, while they add a lot of, you know, they add a lot of chaos, they also force a lot of, you know, order in in our lives you have to take a break but otherwise you know they will tell me yesterday uh one of my children came to say mommy you've had a lot of screen time today oh <laughs> not so good to have so much screen time just before bedtime you know really? like, yes, you're right. you are right oh. laptop. <laughs> i've got a little boy and he's he started reception in september um, so obviously he's on he'll be going into year one mm-hmm. um, hopefully um when schools reopen but um yeah I get that as well oh mummy you've been on your phone a lot today you can put your phone down now <laughs> exactly so, so they act as you know I guess they both act as checks and balances on me uh, overworking and you know ultimately if they don't get their weekend time you know the rest of the week is not such a happy week so it's sort of um, it's I found it actually in that sense helps bring balance and perspective to my life as well you know is it that important that you know whatever this administrative task that I've just, you know haven't got round to to doing till Friday late afternoon gets done or can it wait till next week um, yeah you know and actually you like mature as well you learn don't you grow a bit more perspective like I'm sure back in the days when you were like a McKinsey and Co you were probably working some crazy done yeah <laughs> Yeah, you need to get the stuff done at the time. That's great when you're at that, that space in your career. But obviously now you've got, you've got two really important jobs, right? You're exactly. a mum first and then co-founder second. <laughs> you have to, you know, decide what. And, and I think you also realise, look, you know, there's no way you can do everything. Yeah. Just, so you just have to pick, your, you know, pick what you're going to do and then live with the rest. Or, you know, either you find somebody else to manage it or, you know, you manage it as a team. Um, but mm. even as a team, we're at a stage now where the growth is so fast, where you know, some stuff, it's either just going to, it's not going to be as good as we would like it to be in an ideal world, or, you know, some stuff is going to get dropped and you yeah. just have to make your peace with that. 
Because you've just got to prioritise, haven't you, and, and work out what mm -hmm. absolutely needs doing and, and what can wait or or just get pushed to the bottom of the list, I guess. In, exactly. In exactly. At the end of the day, you can only ever do your best, right? Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's the thing. You kind of make peace with that. Uh, that And that's that's good. That's good. Yeah. Not even exactly. that's good. I'd be really interested to um, to find out if there are any um, books or training courses or anything like um, or other podcasts, anything like that you would recommend um, for leadership, for um, startups, growing businesses, managing teams, anything like that that you've recently invested time into that might be useful for our listeners and viewers. Um, Imagine it's probably difficult for you to pick up a book. Right now, it's not probably the time when I've been doing um, uh, doing a lot of that. I mean, my I guess my style's probably a little bit different in that I don't do too much like books or pod podcasts. I tend to pick up the phone, yeah, yeah. or send a WhatsApp message to anybody who I know who might be able to uh, to help me if on on whatever the issue is at hand. But I think it is. Um, and and even if it's it's a sort of you know i don't even know what i should be thinking about right now what should i be thinking about right now uh type of conversation which i've had with a few people um uh, at their various points mm -hmm. um so i'm not sure i can be very helpful <laughs> no, i think i think it's important as well though that sometimes it's people's different styles, right? Some people love reading books and we like, sometimes we ask someone for one good book and they can't like six and I'm like, wow, I don't know how yeah, to yeah, people yeah. love it, don't they? But, but some people, like you say, if you've got people that you can rely on and support in your network that you can ask for advice or mentors and exactly. then that's fantastic. And equally, I'm similar, I, I learn through asking other people, yep. um, you know, or if I've, um, if I've got an, a problem or I need a solution and I need help and, I, and maybe it's something I've not dealt with before or or I just want to get a second opinion yeah um, I prefer that I'm not a kind of I'm not really a theory type person yeah and I, I although I'm pretty sure you will have done enough books back when you're exactly. at MIT <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so you know I, I do enjoy enjoy reading but I tend to actually read more, much more fiction just to switch yeah. brain off i will say one book though which i think it's not particularly related the, regardless of what field you're in um is mm -hmm. quite important mm -hmm. as a leader um the hundred year life by linda Grattan, um which right. actually talks about we're seeing all this increased life expectancy and how is it changing our lives and how does it change the way we think about our careers or how we work whether we work at different stages, our relationships, you know, what does life look like when a hundred years is the norm versus 60? And it's very thought provoking because it's something that um, affects, it's interesting to read it as an individual. It's interesting to read it as somebody who's leading other people or an organization. Um, and from my point of view, obviously there's a third layer, which is, you know, how does this actually affect the user needs for a service like Peppy, which deals with people going through different um, stages of life. But mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a good one to read to realize, you know, the world is changing under our very, very noses and some fundamental assumptions we have about what life should look like um, are fading away. Mm -hmm. And so that, that one is, is definitely a recommended read, but 
not for any times are changing and that sounds really interesting i was actually thinking i'm going to download that blinkist this weekend you know where it summarizes all your books really into really short pieces so i might give it add that to the list because i want to go back through all the people all the books that we've had recommended in the podcast and just listen to them on blinkist because you can listen to them on all i'm i'm not great at spending time reading but if i can listen to stuff on audio and blinkist allows you to do that as well yeah so you can do like books in like eight minutes so it makes it really easy to be able to consume uh-huh. the top tips which is super cool so i um i would love to finish the podcast then on a bit of a high note about all the exciting stuff you've got planned at pepe obviously your journey has had to pivot and adapt over the past year and um, but i'd love to know what's planned for the next 12 months what exciting things have you got on the agenda yeah. So we are continuing to work um, with the NHS on supporting new uh, vulnerable, new and expectant parents, um, hopefully into the autumn. And ideally, you know, let's see where the whole current COVID-19 crisis takes us. But if we're continuing to have lockdowns, that's putting a lot of strain on a lot of um, parents right now. So mm-hmm. we want to be there to support as much as we can. Um, of course, we're continuing to work with all our employer clients and uh, pipeline to develop, um, you know, expand into our new sectors and work with uh, more and more people um, and develop some new services as well. So we're currently developing a service to support people on a fertility journey. Um, be their oh, wow. Be their companion and, you know, sort of uh, independent source of independent information and advice mm-hmm. as they do that. So we're planning to launch that in the autumn. Um, and, you know, really just, uh, it's been a phenomenal, uh, I know it's been a difficult time for everybody individually, but from a peppy point of view, it's just been a phenomenal three or four months. <laughs> so, you know, looking forward to that, you know, full steam ahead really for us for the next 12 months. Mm. Interesting. Some really exciting stuff um, coming out there. So it's great. Just out of interest, where did where did you the name? Um, where did you come up with the name Peppy? Ah, so Peppy. It's um, it basically was related to sort of that feeling of pep and living your best life with energy. So we were looking for words that sort of implied implied that but were of course also easy to pronounce especially given my first name i'm keen on words that are easy and to pronounce and difficult to uh, mispronounce um and recognize and what we're hearing from people is it sort of grows with them uh you know it, it's uh it doesn't necessarily mean a lot uh to begin with you know but it's also you know completely it's quite and like yeah I like and positive notes and you know uh it is it's one of those words that you say with a smile on your face isn't it yeah. Yeah. exactly and so basically that's you know that's our goal for people who are using peppy is we want to bring you know sort of that smile back on your face and help you be the best you can and for some people that will be you know fighting fit for some people it will just be a better version of you know life accommodating you know the new circumstances that they're in but if we can bring that smile back then we succeeded Oh, amazing it's been really great to have you on the show really interesting story and um, I'm confident that our listeners and, and viewers will learn learn quite you know learn a lot and really looking forward to seeing um you know what's next for you guys and and um and, and being a part of that journey as well it'd be great Fantastic. yeah I love the fact that like with Peppy it's going to help every stage like yeah. as you grow the products you're offering are great and that's going to be amazing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's so important what you guys are doing and I love it. So, um, 
yeah, keep up all the great work. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. If anyone does want to get out, get in touch and reach out, is it what's the best form of contact? You can email us on hello at peppy.health. We're also on uh, Twitter and uh, LinkedIn. So you can follow us, follow us there um, or have a look at uh, www.peppy.health. And we reach out. We love to chat. Lovely. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Sandra. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you.